Ask. Attributes, skills and knowledge. Brought to you by the PGAs of Europe. Very pleased to be here with David Ledbetter at St Andrews for the Open Championship, 144th Open Championship. You haven't done quite so many as that. But I know <laughs> not you, quite, not quite. <laughs> I know you've been stood out on these, uh, these championship ranges for probably the best part of, well, just over 30 years, I guess. Yeah, uh, it's yeah probably mid-80s, I would say, Tony, um, where you know, it seems uh, it's gone by in a flash, really. I just think in terms of 1990 was when, obviously, Nick Felder won here, and um, that was... Uh, so, 25 years ago, and obviously he had his little swan song here at, uh, at St Andrews this week. And yeah, just it's incredible, really, how just the time just flies by, and you see a whole host of different players now, and a new new generation of young players. I mean, you just think this week, I mean, five amateurs making the cut. I mean, you know, it just shows the gap between the the professionals and the amateurs is getting closer. Uh, I mean, we've got an amateur leading the tournament. I mean. I mean, I think that's a phenomenal story. So I've got two in the top ten. Uh, so it's it's just amazing, really. You know how where the games come from, and where it's where it is now, and probably where it's going to go to. Uh, it's uh, incredible. I, mean, I guess it's a progress. You know, you've got better athletes, you've got better equipment, you've got you know these players are looking at like a, it's a it's a real job now. It's a business. It's always before it was like somebody with some talent, but. Show up there, and they'd play well, and it was almost by happenstance that uh, they were successful. Now it's sort of a, a planned thing from a very young age, where you know, you've got junior academies all over the world. You've got players from uh, a multitude of countries. Uh, so it's in the old days, obviously, primarily sort of you know UK, a little bit from Europe and America, and that was it. Now you can just look at the, the number of people from all the different all the different countries from all over the world and not only here but people who try to qualify so it's a, it really is it's a, it's a global sport not a global game a lot of money in the sport and when, whenever you've got that situation you're going to get you're going to get talented people who put their, their work in uh, who ultimately become very successful well, you weren't out here quite alone when you first got started on the ranges with the, these major championships, but there wasn't very, wasn't every player that had a coach with them at that time, and it seems to be now there's a whole team of people around the players. It was rather the exception rather than the rule back in the day when players had coaches. I mean, I was sort of a little bit of a, a sort of a, a phenomenon from the standpoint of I had a video camera and people were looking at it. Wow, you know, it's uh, so it you know, obviously Nick Fowler I think sort of led the way as far as. Uh, creating better work habits shall we say and you know, having a coach and looking at workouts and looking at nutrition and looking at sports psychologists and now as you rightly say I mean you've, we've got we now have um, uh, teams of people around you know you like Jordan Spieth always you know refers to it as we you know, so we are doing this we're doing that you know a swing coach a sports psychologist the fellow that uh, works with him on his physical training and so yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, obviously, when you're talking in terms of the amount of money that they're playing for, um, obviously Tiger Woods has, a, has been a, uh, a great factor in this. Um, it's. Uh, it's no wonder that uh, you're, you're seeing people with talent who are pushed to the sort of, to the limit. You know, so it's it's going to be interesting years to come. I think one of the things we've seen, especially in the women's game, how how long careers last. Uh, it's, there's a lot more emphasis on really putting, as Tiger would say, putting the reps in at a very young age. And we're sort of seeing injuries now with young players that we haven't seen in the past. So, I mean, that is obviously a factor. And, 
yeah, you're seeing players now. I mean, just look at the you know, Jordan Spieth is 21, and you've got you know, a whole host of young players stateside and also in Europe now and, and, and Far East too, uh, who are um, obviously exceptional players at their much younger age through better coaching and um, all the rest of it and learning from you know, things in the past. So, I mean, it really is progress in many, many ways. And it's really interesting sort of being looking at it from my perspective to see you know, how, you know, how well-trained these, these young players are and uh, you know, how focused they are. I mean, it's, you know, they're it's golf is a game, obviously, where uh, you know it's not a team it, uh, aspect. There's no team aspect apart from maybe Ryder Cups or President Cups, but uh, it really is sort of a, a one-on-one situation, and so it, there's a tremendous amount of pressure on each individual to to perform at the highest level. And you, you know, you have to look at Tiger, and you know, you would say his mental powers have diminished over the past few years more than anything else. I mean, certainly seems like his physical skills have, uh, he has a problem in that area too, but his mental powers where he, his belief system was so strong that he felt that nobody could beat him. And now the, th- the thing is now you're getting young players now who um, don't... I mean, some of these young players, you know, didn't even see Tiger play in his pomp. You know, it's like they've heard about it. and but, uh, So it's, you know... A lot of people ask me, you know, what if I think Tiger will get back to his former glories, and I don't believe so. I just think that you know we've seen the best of Tiger. I mean, we might might see flashes in the future if he's, you know, if he, if obviously if areas of his game improve. Uh, but uh, I mean, for him to play as he did for that length of time, that sort of probably 12, 13 year span was just incredible. It really was, and so I don't think we'll ever see anything like it. And I, I think that he played the best golf of anybody in the history of the game for that period of time. You've got to remember Jack Nicklaus, for instance. I mean, his his career was extended over you know, a few decades, uh, not just a, a short period, a uh, relatively short period. So um, it's, you know, it is, it's, it's a changing game. And uh, it's, I mean, when you look at the, the equipment the players are using now, you know, just think think back in the mid-80s when I first started out here, and these wooden drivers and ballada balls and trying to flight the ball into you know these crosswinds, and now you've you know you've got different balls for, for different uh, different compressions and different dimple patterns for different players, and the way they match clubs to players now to to just eke out that sort of just the you know just that last little drop of you know expertise that sort of allows them to play their best. And how how, how do you think that coaching now? Because obviously it's not only about the driving range on these major championships, mm. but it's also about the regular player. The regular player now is right. having more lessons than than before, and they're, yeah. they're learning more about golf. And obviously, as we know, there's a there's a thing out there called Google where you press a button, and within half a second you get one million <laughs> hits on how to cure a slice. And so, right. how do you think that uh, coaching for the average player, the average participant player, has developed over the years? Well, I think I think standard coaching has definitely improved I mean through obviously the PGAs worldwide getting together and putting on seminars and you know, people and experts in their field talking to talking to individuals I mean it, it's interesting I mean because we do live in an age of technology uh, and all the the aspects there are that we are able to sort of ascertain what's going wrong with people's swings you know, and we can analyze to the nth degree uh, as I like to say, you know, in the, in the old days, you know, it was just when we didn't have video cameras, it was just our eye and our instincts as teachers and coaches. It was just our opinion, uh, which which was the main factor. 
you know, these days we can actually prove how, pe- how bad people are. You know, we look at TrackMan and we look at you know, biomechanics and we can say, well, listen, we can see all these numbers. But So the secret is still to be able to somehow transmit that information to the average player in a simple fashion where they can go out and play. Because we also, also have to remember the, the issue here really, is the quandary is that although we have all this technology which in some ways makes things more complex, people have less time to play in practice than they ever have in the past. So if anything, you've actually got to get the message across in a more simpler fashion so people can have immediate improvement because, you know, it's just not on that. You know, if you're not, you know, it's the old the old theories back in the day, well, listen, you know, you've got to work at it for sort of six or nine months and, you know, with a grip change and this and that and, you know, and then, you know, just be patient, you know. But people aren't patient these days. They want it now. And if they, if they don't get it from one source, they can look for another. As you say, you know, you go on the internet and you can find a zillion and one ways to, to fix things. So so that is a danger. I think it's important, you know, from a teacher standpoint. I mean, I'm actually glad in many respects that I grew up in the era where we didn't have all the mod cons because, you know, you, you sort of have to use your eyes and your instincts and your intuition to teach, where I think a lot of young teachers, unfortunately, because of the because of the advent of all this technology they tend to rely on that purely and so that is a danger and you I mean I've you know I, I don't know whether I mean if you look at the standard golf worldwide I mean I know you've got maybe a lot more players coming into the game although you know we're also hearing about a lot of players moving out of the game because they're frustrated and don't have the time to play but I, you know you don't know you, you, you really don't in reality the standard golf really hasn't improved that much Bear in mind the fact that you know you've got way better equipment, you've got much more user-friendly clubs, and um, uh, and so it's you know so there, it, it's it is a bit of a quandary really. Uh, but so I think it's I think it's also it's nice to know that you know if you have you have this detailed knowledge as a teacher to be able to put across in a simpler fashion, and uh, having having the knowledge of uh, maybe not being a sports psychologist as such but having a psychology uh, approach whereby you can get people to sort of clear their mind ultimately I mean the ultimate you know especially you'll see here this week obviously St Andrews I mean when you've got bearing you know when you've got to factor in the elements I mean it's a case of in some cases survival so it's not so much the technique it's it's your mental approach it's your routine it's your uh, it's your strategy and those are the things that need to be taught as well to players if they are going to sort of fulfill their potential and that's that's one of the reasons why I mean I haven't I mean I've written a number of books through the years and done instructional videos and and I wanted to really you know I thought about this for a long while and I wanted to bring out something which was a little bit different and something which hopefully was simpler and so I really haven't this is this book the a swing which stands for alternative and it's really a sort of an alternative way to swing the club from the standpoint of making it a simpler backswing because I think that's the area that most amateurs get confused by I mean it's like they spend so much time and energy trying to create a, a nice backswing they never really get into the <laughs> the issue of how you make contact with it. I mean you, you know you think of cricket or tennis for instance everything's about you know going forward making contact you know hitting the ball you know uh, ball towards a target and so on but in golf it's like it's sort of almost an after afterthought oh yeah look the ball went down the middle of the fairway you <laughs> know sort of, and so uh, so I, you know that's one of the I wanted to bring this out and it's, it's a fairly simple approach and we've really it's it's been it's been out in the states for about five weeks now and I mean the feedback has been really really good from from people of all levels I mean we tested it from beginner to tour play level we had about 20 test students so it's been a couple of years in the in the 
in the making, shall we say. And we had it biomechanically tested by a friend of mine, J.J. Rivet, who's a very well-known biomechanist who's associated with the European Tour, does screening and things for the Ryder Cup players. And so he he said, listen, this is a very efficient way of swinging the club. So it's 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 what I like about it. It's very easy to teach. It's easy to learn. And the good thing, it's very easy to teach teachers to teach. So they can actually spot things pretty quickly. And 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 the, the essence of, of this the A swing is really helping people to learn to synchronize their their body parts, if you will. In other words, essentially um, synchronizing the arm swing with the body rotation because I think that's where people really have an issue. You think about it, really. If you've got somebody to do a little mini pivot drill without a club, just fold their arms or put the club behind their shoulders or hips or whatever, one of the many variations of the pivot drill, you could get them to make a pretty reasonable movement in a very short space of time. But yet you put a club in their hand and that looks nothing like it. It's almost as if the body's reacting to where the club is. It's so out of sync with the uh, with the swing. And so this is, you know, synchronization to me is, is, a, is a big, big word, regardless whether you use the A swing, whatever you use. To me, when players are really on song, you know, even amateurs, it's as if the timing of the swing, if you will, where the club head is relative to where the body is, you know, really match up well. And when, you know, I think you know, Tiger Prince is a perfect example of being out of sync. I mean, you know, especially when he gets on the first tee, his first tee shot is inevitably a poor shot. And it's like that's a little bit nervous and what have you. And, you know, the synchronization is an issue. So it's a, it's, this book's been, it's been well received. I say there's some simple drills. And the thing about it, it's not really a method. It's, as I would like to call it, an organic approach where because you can, it doesn't have to be perfect in order to, there is a model that you can work towards, but as we all know, what what you work towards and what you actually achieve can be two different things. So it's, you know, my, it's my hope that actually that this book can weave its way into the fabric of golf instruction because I, I think that in, in many respects we need a, it needs a little bit of a shake up the, the instructional uh, uh, business, shall we say, because uh, you know we loved. I mean, I had a club professional just when I was in last week. I was in America for the ladies' U.S. Open, and this club professional came up to me and said, "You know," he said, "I've been teaching you a long time, and I said I, I read your book, and it made perfect sense to me. And I've tried it out, and I, and I can't tell you how my heart, I hit the ball unbelievably the first week I tried it." And all my members are coming to me now and say, hey, what is this? You know, because I was spouting it's, it's sort of, you know, how good the thing was. And he said, my, my, lesson, my, my lesson tally has doubled. You know, he said, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. And it's, it's very easy to teach it. And so that, that's the thing I think we've got to be really careful of in this day and age, that we don't overcomplicate things for the masses. I mean, listen, when you're teaching with tall players, I mean, you know, they can get into it to a certain extent as far as, you know, ground force pressure and... You know how exactly what's taking place with you know with the the angle of attack and the the, the track the uh, you know the, the flush squareness of contact. But the average amateur, you know, really probably couldn't give a hoot. You know, it's like hey, just just show me how to hit the ball more consistently. You know, I want to lose fewer balls. I want to have more fun. And uh, and if we can do that to people, I mean, there's a there's an excellent chance of people staying in the game and more people getting into the game. So it's um, you know so that's really sort of my my goal. I mean, I've, listen, I've been teaching this great game for 40 years. The game's been really good to me, and and uh, you know, I really want. You know, it's my my sort of goal is to try to help people and uh, see, you know, put a smile on their face, and whether it be a tour player or a beginner, and say, wow, this is you know, this is this is this is great. I sense going through the process of writing this and preparing this is giving you kind of a nice spark again. It, it, you're absolutely right. I mean, look, I mean, I I could just keep doing what I've done, which has been fine, and uh, you know, I mean, listen, I, you know. 
some of the stuff that you know taught back in the 90s uh, I mean still is a, is, a, is a factor in my philosophy shall we say but you know it's like look if you've you know, if you remember the old sort of mobile telephones, those big clunking things, I mean, now you have the you know, the iPhone 6. I mean, there's a big difference. So, I mean, it would be strange to say that you're not, you haven't gone forward or had, you know, had a, any sort of progress in your philosophy or your outlook. So I would say, essentially, you know, a lot of it is very much based on my original thoughts of, you know, I call it the dog wagging the tail syndrome. You know, the, the big, I really believe that the bigger parts, I mean, certainly you've got to understand how the hands and arms work, but, you know, your power your balance comes very much from from the way your torso moves and so you know I haven't really changed in that so it's not really I haven't really had an epiphany and said okay whatever I've taught the last 40 odd years has been wrong I mean because it's, it's, it's a continual learning process I mean that's the that's the great thing about this game it's uh, you know you continue learning in some area and so you know, I think if you're not learning you're sort of going backwards you know instead of going forward so um so yeah it, it really has it's given it's it's really not revitalize my teaching but I, I'm very passionate about it because I know it works I mean we've and it's not that we try to get everybody to do it but there's players you know like this young Lydia Co this phenom from New Zealand who I coach who you know who's really has a very, is a big advocate of this of this way of this approach of swinging shall we say and she's you know got a very simple swing and for the average amateur as, as we all know you think about it, what you look at I guess the difficulty with golf in particular is the fact that you know, you're neither on a horizontal plane or a vertical plane. That incline plane is a thing which is tough for people to try to try to get a get a hang of. And so, if you can get somebody on the right plane coming halfway down, I mean, we're probably going to cure a nation of slices. I mean, <laughs> think about it. I mean, of all the millions of cures there are, essentially, you know, if you get that club on that right angle geometrically, you know, where somebody can actually go ahead and release it, you know nobody's going to slice it I mean it's just it's it's a geometric fact you know it's just the fact when you're steep and you're swinging across the ball uh, you know you're going to you're going to move it left to right and so um, and when you look at probably 75% or 80% of golfers probably if you look at the angle of the shaft halfway down which is honestly a a telltale point in the swing, you're going to see them. They're steep and almost on a you know, on a very vertical plane. So, uh, so this this A swing really does help people to sort of understand a draw, a draw motion, and we've seen that with all our Trackman studies and how much people's inside path has changed and the swing direction has changed. Uh, so it's you know I'm, I'm excited about it because as I say we've uh, you know I, I mean I'm not sort of hard and fast about it. If I if I see a player. You know that is pretty well synchronized. I mean, you're not going to sort of say, "Hey, listen, you need to work on this newfangled idea." Not at all. But and I have players that have what I would call a mild version of the A swing. I have players who have a more extreme version. You know, and it just depends on if their body can do it, if their minds will accept it, and what they need to do in order to. If if, if they can essentially, for most amateurs, if you can complete the winding and rotation of your body at the same time that your hands, arms and club finish, then you're in pretty good sync. You know, what we see so often is one of two cases. Um, majorly, we see players who over-rotate their bodies and then the arms swing. You know, that's why I, you know, I, I sort of really dislike the term turn because I think it really puts people out of position. But And then the other thing is we see players who sort of just swing the arms to the top there without any body rotation. So, which, uh, yeah, we see that on, in fewer cases, but we see that still quite a bit with amateurs so um it's um it's it's a way really of being able to assess somebody's swing in a very in a very short space of time be able to get to the root cause of the problem and you know with and it's uh it's 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 nice when you watch players i mean even 
I mean, I would say Jack Nicholas had traits of this. If you look at him on his backswing, because you know, what, we, what we're talking in terms of having a more vertical backswing to have a shallower downswing, and Jack Nicholas certainly was a, um, uh, what I would call a steep to shallow type player. And you, you know, you've had players through the years that have done this. And uh, and if you look at a lot of players now, I think you know. It's 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 a tough deal trying to keep the club on one plane going back and down. I mean, it might be okay for you know Iron Bar and you know, the ball testing machine, but uh, which starts the club about a third of the way back. That might be with only with, with only you know one fulcrum to sort of work from. You know, but when we're talking in terms of you know the human body, where we've got all these different joints and moving in different positions at different times, it's not the easiest thing to do. So. So, you know, in essence, I say it's a, it's a way I think people might want to try if they're struggling and uh, see how it works. I just have one final question. I'm taking sure. plenty of your time. No, no, no you problem. mentioned uh, Lydia Coe. She seems to take everything in a stride. What is it about Lydia that uh, is, well, is producing know, the player that she is? She's a very special talent, you know. It's just like any you know, like Jordan Spieth. I mean, you'd have to say he's a, a talent who's well beyond his years. And and you're seeing this with younger and younger players now. They're finding ways to sort of get to that level of play at, a, at an extremely young age, which is, I mean, I think in the past, who 21, okay, I mean, like Jack Nicklaus, maybe he was an exception, sort of in his early 20s. But, I mean, players were sort of, came to the, the fore, shall we say, in their early 30s. You know, they, it was like a case of, well, you've got to learn your trade and you've got to respect these other people out here. Now these guys, these come out here and it's, you know, whether it be, Rory McIlroy's, you know, from his young age to Jordan Spieth to, you know, so many of these young players now. And I say it's, who knows, you know, what's going to happen today. We're here Sunday at the Open, you know, with the, the young amateur Paul Dunn. I mean, you know, it's incredible. I mean, you know, you, you talk about, hey, I, I feel I can win the Open. And that's how, you know, that's what their mindset is now. There's no, there's no sort of, well, I'm just very happy to be here. I'm glad I made the cut. No, it's like, I think I can win this, you know. So it's a, it's, it's a very different mindset. Right. Thank you very much, David. Really appreciate your time. Attributes, skills and knowledge. Brought to you by the PGAs of Europe. For more features and articles from Ask, visit www.pgae.com forward slash ASK.